0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Copper Bottomed, the show all about copper. Uh, just as a by way of reminder, the name Copper Bottomed comes from the practice that the Royal Navy had of putting copper sheets on the bottom of their, their wooden uh, um, ships in the Navy to protect them, and Copper Bottomed became a byword for something that was genuine and trustworthy and reliable. Um, I have spent thirty years in the in the resources sector a lot of it on the capital market side, um, about the other half of it uh, on the on the industry side, um, looking at projects across a range of commodities and a range of geographies. And here in this copper-bottomed uh, show, what I'm trust trying to do is provide a little snapshot on the market as it is today with some of the big uh, themes and the news of the week. And then I go through a number of news releases which have companies with, that, that have put out news releases with noteworthy uh, drill intersections in the week. I'm not doing a company report per se. I'm just looking at the news releases, just kind of digging down, uh, reading it through, working through and kind of trying to bring out the the salient points. So that's by way of background. Um, Let's get uh, stuck in. Of course, the main story this week has been um, what's happening in Panama. Uh, First, Quantum, of course, have got the the Cobre Panama deposit, uh, which is aiming to produce 350,000 tonnes per annum of copper, um, plus 150,000 ounces of gold, etc. It's a polymetallic um, deposit, but the the principal output is copper, and they are on track for producing um, 350,000 tonnes this year. However, there have been mass protests in the street because um, a new... um, Law Law 406 has been passed, which has given the mine concession another 20 years with an ability to um, extend it for a further 20 years beyond that, so up to 40 years. The people uh, are upset about it, there are lots of protests. Um, the share price of First Quantum has been hit very hard, it's been down, up and down kind of between 20 and 30%. Um, <clears throat> And the copper price has responded. Uh, last week, the, sh- the copper price was trading at uh, $357 per pound, and it's now trading at $366, $67 per pound. So it's had a kind of a, a kick. The population that is protesting in Panama is upset about uh, climate change. It's upset about um, the environment. The, the mine is in an environmentally sensitive area. Um, and there just seems to be general political frustration with, the, or general population level frustration with the government, which is um, uh, using the Cobre Panama as a lightning rod uh, for protest. Um, what was interesting if you look at the the news release from Tuesday of this week. First Quantum responded, saying that they would noted the announcement by um, the president. To have a um, popular consultation, a referendum on the seventeenth of December concerning the Law Four Hundred Six. Now that the the Law Four Hundred Six, as I understand it, um, it, that this is the law that provided the extension to the mine contractor, but it also provided this minimum of three hundred seventy five million dollars per annum by um, the First Quantum subsidiary in Panama to the Panamanian government, even if copper prices fall. So. Um, this was a contract that the uh the company and the government obviously felt was the right thing to do and they um passed it the problem is that as i as, as I understand it that this law was debated for a very very short time in public in 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 Parliament it was um, presented drafted and completed within three days and it smacks of an undemocratic process and I think that's part of the reason why this has blown up in the government and in the company's face um, the, if, if you look down here the company is at pains to communicate that the Cobra Panama mine now contributes almost 5% of the GDP of the country and is 75% of the export goods and has created at least 40,000 jobs directly and indirectly um, and they, they talk about 8,000 employees directly So um, it feels like a communication problem um, that has now become a political problem that has now become an environmental problem. It's going to be complicated. It's going to take time. Um, The president has said he was going to respect the results of the referendum on the 17th of December. So um, watch this space. It's likely that with the mine built, with the capital invested, and the the country that needs the copper plus the global economy that needs the copper, that this copper will eventually come to market. Not that it's not coming to market at the moment, in in the sense that the mine is up and it's running. It's very hard to see how that mine doesn't continue to produce. But the ownership and the economics around it, it's it's very complicated. Um, This has now blown up to be a... um, a, a real problem. And what does this mean for the market? Well, two weeks ago, I was talking about uh, the the International Copper Study Group talking about a 460,000 ton per annum surplus for 2024. And then last week, I was talking about how Tech and Anglo have downgraded their production for this year. And remember that the copper market is a 25 million ton per annum market. So uh, when you've got something like uh, Cobre Panama, which might have a curtailment, it might have a period when it doesn't operate. That surplus of four hundred and sixty odd thousand tons predicted for next year could easily shrink, could come down to be a deficit. So um, it comes back to the view that there's an asymmetry in the copper price because the the cupboard is bare for the mega projects coming in the next 2, five, ten, fifteen 15 years and, um, and beyond. Remember that it takes an awfully long time to build a copper project, um, a copper mine. I mean, it's, the, the average is up now around 17 years and p- the bigger it is, the longer it's going to take. Now, talking about big, let's go straight on to um, the weekly highlights. Now, these, I repeat, these are just uh, a snapshot uh, that are picked up by an algorithm that's run by Junior Mining Hub. Um, they collate them into a weekly results summary, and these are the copper intercepts. And there are four here: Philo, Double View Gold, Lion Copper and Gold, and Meridian. Now, actually, I spoke about the Double View Gold um, result last week, and as I discussed, it's a scandium play, not a copper play. I mean, the, the copper grade in that is the minimis. So. Really, just this week, it's only three companies that I'm going to be talking about, but they—well, my goodness—they're really interesting companies. Now, of course, Filocorp is a market darling. I mean, Philia Boots, the Lundy name, the Great Discoveries, Enjex, Jose Maria—all of this, the kind of the ficuña copper area now in northern Argentina, on the uh, Argentina on the border with with um, Chile—it's turning into be one of the kind of the great new discovery zones. And it's really been driven by the Lundin group um, uh, with PhiloCorp right up there. Um, now, interestingly, the the market capitalization of this is $2.3 billion Canadian. Uh, they just raised $120 million at $21 per share. And we're now at $17.5 per share. And you can see here in the share price graph that... Um, it's been under pressure for a number of months now. This is a five year price chart. You can see the tremendous value growth or the value creation through expiration. So if you look at the fifty-two week high and low for Philo, I mean the, the 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 52-week high was um $28 and the 52-week low is um uh, $15.80, I believe. So it's it's kind of trading within a range, a wide range and out comes yet another stonking uh, intersection. Here we go. October the 25th, Philo discovers a new high-grade zone at Bonita and reports 212 meters at 1.15 copper equivalent within 1,368 at 0.56. Now, um, regular viewers will know that I have an ongoing issue about copper equivalent. Um, Here at Philo, they have already put out a resource and so it is; they are able to um, talk about copper equivalents. But I'll come onto this because there's a, there's a little nuance, which is quite interesting. Um, but it, let's have a look at what does this mean in terms of the geology? What does it mean in terms of what do these drill results mean for the project? Um, so we're looking at just just we're looking at drill holes ninety one, drill hole ninety and eighty eight. Um, I. These are the highlights. I didn't go and look at what um, drill hole eighty nine was, but I think that you know I should go and do that. But basically, what um, Jamie Beck is saying here is saying hole ninety one intersects a new high grade zone near Bonita, and it's the first instance of consistent grades greater than one percent copper equivalent outside of Aurora. Okay, this this map I know is quite small, but. In this area here, this is where the original resources and this is where um, Aurora is. So this is where the uh, first resource has been delineated and um, Bonita is this area here and it says, uh, at over one kilometer to the north of the Aurora zone, this opens up an entirely new area to explore for high grade. Yes, absolutely. So this is over here. Um, given that the closest holes to 91 are hole 60, 300, 300 meters away and 50. And eighty seven five hundred fifty meters to the south. There is lots of room to grow. Agreed, 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 agreed. And then when you look at the the outlook, they've still got nine rigs active. The plan is to do forty thousand meters on the project in twenty twenty three, and they are absolutely focused on trying to make this one of the largest discoveries, copper discoveries in recent years. I always thought that you know, with the with the discoveries and the and the huge drill holes, I always had in my mind that um, Philo uh, del Sol was already a billion ton resource. But I, because I was looking through this, I thought, well, actually, let me just go back and check the numbers. And I looked at the resource. And interestingly, the indicated tonnage is 430 million tons and the inferred is 211. So it's not a huge, huge, huge resource at the moment. If you look at the grades, it's... Um, 0.33% copper and 0.33 grams gold on the indicator, and a little bit lower on the on the third. So it's it's mostly driven by copper. If you the um a, a rough rule of thumb that I use is that 1% copper is equivalent to about 0.7 grams per tonne of gold. So uh, that would show that this is kind of three fifths driven by copper and two fifths driven by gold in terms of the economics. And when you look at the resource, if you go and look at the the slides and the cross sections, which they do well as you would expect, it's a class outfit. There are the main resources in here, in this area, and the new discoveries are here and here, or these these drill holes. So there is plenty of room to grow this resource. But at two point three billion dollars, you know, you're already this is quite a hefty company. So it looks it looks quite challenging to get your to get your double here. You know, to go from $17, $17, which it is at the moment $18 to $35, you, you need to find a lot more intercepts. You've got to pull out some stellar intercepts to really take this to be a 4 or $5 billion company. So it's, 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 it's hard yards from here. What else? Oh, there was a re- another really interesting thing. Um, in the resource, they assume metallurgical recoveries of 84% for copper, 70% for gold, and 77% for silver, based on similar deposits. And the reason why they've just you didn't done that assumption is because there are, there's been no metallurgical test work on the sulphide mineralization to date. And then in, in the resource, they use four pounds copper. Remember, we are uh, 10% below that, more or less, at 360-ish. $1,800 gold and $23 per ounce silver. So quite high copper, quite high metal prices used in the resource, but not um, out of kilter uh, by many and those recoveries. Now, when it comes to the this drill release uh, and the copper equivalent figures here, it's interesting they say the copper equivalent for the drill intersections is calculated based on $3 copper, well below where we are today, $1,500 per ounce gold, and eighteen dollars per ounce silver, with eighty percent metallurgical recoveries assumed for all metals. So, um, what that means is that they're using a different way to calculate the copper equivalent that they did for the resource that they then they are using in this news release. Um, I like the fact that they're using low metal prices. Um, you know, three dollars a pound, fifteen hundred dollars um, gold and $18 per ounce silver, you know, those are conservative and 80% metallurgical recoveries. It's a nice, it's a nice clean way of doing it. Just, you know, I've got, I haven't got a problem with it, um, but note that it is different to the way that they calculate their resource. So what do I take away from this? Going through the news release, I was, as I said, slightly surprised by how early the resource was, you know, that resource of 400 million tons, 430 million tons indicated and um, 212 um, million tons inferred that came just on the back of 62,000 meters of drilling and they've got another 40,000 meters of drilling so I expect the resource to grow but uh, given the market capitalization of 2.3 billion dollars it's almost as if the market is quite far ahead in terms of expecting big numbers it's because you can, there are Cheaper ways to find half a billion tons of copper, copper mineralization at 0.5%. There, there are other companies that are offering that. So, um, uh, And I was also intrigued to see how open it is and how much m- more exploration they've got and how that they haven't done, they barely started the metallurgical test work. And this feels really, really quite early stage. So, um, do I like it? Yes, of course. It's the Lundin Group. It's Philo. It's a big deposit. It's a huge system. Um, I went through the presentation and I looked at um, the way that you've got these kind of stacked and telescoped, and it's um, the phrase that they use: it's a dumping ground for metal. But when I actually went into the detail of it, it it's like, oh, crikey! So this is there's um, there's a long way to go from here. You know, it's going to take a long time and a lot of drilling and a lot of money to get kind of materially further down the line, and yet the market capitalization is indicating that we are already materially further down the line. So um, it was interesting, um, and I will come back and I'll look at this company again in the future, particularly if they continue to uh, really hang together some of the high-grade stuff. From a mega exploration company to a minnow, uh, the market capitalization of Lion, Copper, and Gold is $26 million, so... um, a lot lot less. What's that? Kind of a thousand times? <laughs> um uh no, so where we kind of t- it was a hundred times smaller than um, the market capitalization of Philo. Um Lion Copper and Gold, Canadian company, but they've got assets in, in uh the US. Uh for me it's quite unhelpful that they've just they only report in Imperial. I understand why the the North American market in particular, the US likes to work in feet and inches uh, and tons, or short tons, um, but given that the rest of the industry globally is reporting in, um, on the metric system, I like to see it at least uh, with the with the comparison, although just both sets of um, data there. So line of copper and gold, nine cents, and if you look at the share price chart over the last five years, you can see that it's a illiquid. Uh, junior that barely trades, uh, very very blocky, very very liquidity trade by appointment. So you immediately go into this thinking, okay, right? I really really have to be confident about this. I've got to have either personal ties or I've got to have s- something seriously compelling to come into here because that it, 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 it's an um, it's an unattractive share price chart just in terms of liquidity and volume. Um, first thing I quite I find quite interesting is they talk about the 2023 exploration program funded by Newton and Newton the Rio Tinto's um, venture. They just focused on unlocking a met- the unlocking metal by clever um, hydrometallurgical uh, innovation. So this is immediately for me this is either a low grade play or a refractory plate, but there's some challenge on the, on the chemistry, the mineral chemistry, that it's getting Newton excited, and then um, five targets were drilled, okay, fine, um, most compelling results produced at the Bear deposit, and which means that the other four were not that compelling, and indeed if you go and look at them, they're not that compelling. Um, but the Bear deposit, this is the crucial thing, is concealed Beneath a thick fault slice of younger tertiary ignimbrites and alluvial cover, ignimbrites are kind of um, welded, hot uh, uh, volcanic deposits which can be can be very hard. Now, curiously, as soon as I read "concealed beneath a thick fault slice," I think, "Oh, this is going to be deep. I wonder how this is going to work." And when you look at the drilling highlights, which are presented on the first page of the news release, there's no mention of whether how deep they're from they say diamond core drill hole 53a hit 926 feet whatever that is in meters including 223 feet whatever that is in meters but they don't tell you where it's from you know how deep it is and so then you go to the table at the back and you find out oh it starts at 467 meters below surface and then i do the next thing on the next one okay that one starts at 704 um, meters now, what's curious here is that they report the their copper results in total copper content, TCU. That immediately makes me think that um, there is an acid soluble component here, i.e. this is typically, you normally report oxide copper deposits in total copper and the, the soluble copper content. So I started looking around for that. Um, and then right at the back, uh, in the notes to the company, in the background to the deposit, etc., I found no oxide mineralization or supergene enrichment has thus far been identified at the bare deposit. Okay, the zone to primary sulphide mineralization remain open in several directions where the limits of mineralization are not closed off by drilling. Fine, okay, so it's it's open, but it's not oxide, which is strange because they're, producing, they're, they're um, presenting a total copper figure here. I think it'd be clearer if they just said 0.31% uh, total copper. Sorry, just 0.31% copper. And here, 0.5% copper, 0.4% copper. The T suggests that there's oxides around and there aren't. Okay. <clears throat> just going on a bit, these deep-angled drill holes were located along a northwest projection of elevated copper grades and a coincident maglow and strong-induced um, IP anomaly. Okay, so again, that word deep. We've got the thick full slice. We've got the deep angle drill also, so we know that this is going to be deep. Um, and then they then they dodge putting in the from here, but we've kind of we've picked it up, um, and they're drilling a projection of elevated copper grades. I mean, elevated. Mm, and then they talk about, um, Travis, um, um, Norgal, the, the CEO, he says these exceptional results can unlock substantial new zones of high grade copper mineralization. Well, for me, you know, a few hundred meters at 0.31% isn't particularly high grade. I think I did do the, 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 let, let's say, uh, you know, 80 meters of 0.4% copper down at whatever that is, 700, 800 meters, I'm not sure that that's going to um, drive economics of a block cave or an underground deposit. You're going to need to find a lot of that stuff. So it's it's interesting, I guess. Uh, if you go on to say that the um, um, the high sulfide mineralization percentages in B53A and 54 may may be indicative of a high pyrite shell um, and proximity of a high-grade copper mineralized core. So quite often in in a copper porphyry, you'll get a uh, a central zone of copper mineralization and then you'll get a pyrite halo or shell around the edges. And that's the kind of the classic Lowell Gilbert model with the the, the pyrite ring around it. Now, if they are in the pyrite ring, they may, as they say, be able to vector into a high-grade core. But I didn't see much discussion on vectoring here. Uh, this There's lots more work to do. So what I'd like to see from this company is... Three things. One, include the, the the from depth in all of your drill holes because we, we need to know how deep the mineralization starts. Two, drop the T for the total copper. Just report it in copper because if there are no oxides around here, that's just misleading. Not in a bad way, but just it, it's unnecessarily complicated. Three, I'd like to see um, figures in meters as well in metric. And I didn't say the fourth, but the fourth will be an interpretation, a better plan to vector in on the high-grade mineralization because it might be there somewhere, but um, it ain't there yet. Uh, so interesting, but uh, quite a way to go. And then we come on to the next company, Meridian Mining. Now disclaimer, I do have a very, very small position in this company, um, I've got uh, a few shares, um, but I hope that doesn't make me biased on the reporting here. So I bought, um, when did I buy? Um, in fact, I've owned this twice, actually. I've, I bought it once uh, a few years ago when it was around 30 pence, 35 pence, and I um, uh, rode it up and sold on the way up to $1 and eventually hit $1.20 and a bit. Um, so I was a very happy um, owner and then exeter there. And then I d- didn't hold it for a really long time until the PEA came out uh, and showed some very robust figures, uh, very quick payback. And I thought, oh, I quite like that. And I bought in and the share price is down 30, 40, maybe 50 percent in the last few months since I bought it. Um, but that, that aside, I'm going to try and be as unbiased as I can and go through uh, this news release. Right. So what do they do? Meridian reports gold and base metal assays of up to 6.7% copper equivalent at Santa Helena. Okay, you know my beef about copper equivalents. The TSX guidelines are crystal clear. You cannot use them for um, reporting exploration results and you can only use copper equivalents when you have an existing resource and when you, as a minimum, you talk about the metal price, the uh, recovery factors, and any other factors that might affect the the, the value content. So um, of course, Meridian does have a resource, but that's for Cabasal, which is further up the trend. It doesn't have a resource for Santa Helena, even though there was a historic mine here. It was a zinc mine, and so they're mining for zinc. And um, if you look at these, these um, intersections, uh, 6.8 meters at 4.9% copper equivalent, of which 1.2 percent. is copper, fine. 1.4 grams gold. That's also good. So remember the uh, the gold is my, my rule of thumb is just at the moment in terms of where prices are. It's about 75 uh, percent of the 1.4 can be kind of considered as a copper equivalent, just as a as a as a thumb But here we go. Got a big kicker from zinc. Now we know, we know. Everybody knows, including Gilbert Clark, the CEO of uh, Meridian, that your payable on zinc is going to be low. You're probably going to get um, from the smelter. You're going to get kind of seventy or eighty percent, maybe maybe seventy-eight percent, um, maybe eighty-two percent. But let's call it eighty percent. So you've got to take the recovery on the zinc plus the payables to get your kind of re- relevant. So this is likely to pull the copper equivalent grade lower than is being reported. Um, we won't know until we're further down the track, but just bear it in mind. Same again, so, and particularly for these two, these two, you know, the copper, with the zinc percentage up here at 10.5 and 10.9%, it's gonna skew the numbers by not including the payable. It's fine, I'm just noting it. The The, the thing that I like about Santa Elena is that it's shallow. So if you look at this, this is a long section. Um, you can see this is kind of the main mineralized horizon is fine, it's all good. The other thing about Santa Helena is that it's now over 3.1 kilometers long or about 3 kilometers um, long and it's this section here plus another kind of two kilometers long. here. So um, there's lots more work to be done, uh, it's quite a positive result even though the numbers aren't as splashy, these are shallow, the stripping ratio will be low and remember that uh, it's quite close to Cabasal so what does um, uh, Mr. Clark Gilbert, who I speak to occasionally, he's been on Crux. I've interviewed him. Um, we talk about other things in the sector occasionally. Uh, 3.1 kilometers is open along strike and down plunge. Uh, it, he describes it as being um, Santa Elena is evolving to be a second potential potential open pitable resource target within the Cabasal belt, and it is only a short trucking distance to the Cabasal mine. So this is um, the building on the thesis that VMS deposits come in clusters and that this is a pod of resource or pod of mineralization that could come into a resource with a bit more um, drill definition and then it can be mill feed for an operation at Cabasal. So it kind of underpins the growth thesis around the development um, value block. At Cabasal. you've now got the growth thesis coming through other targets along the belt. So it's all fine. I would rather not see the copper equivalent in the headline. I I mean if you look, if you look at it here at the bottom when they're talking about the notes to the copper equivalent they say Santa Helena is based on metallurgical recoveries from the historical resource which was a zinc mine. Yeah? That historical resource the the, the historical extraction was um 89% of the copper and um what have we got here 89% of the copper and the zinc which is which is I guess a good thing because uh because they're recovering both it means that if you're focusing on the on the copper in the future you'll probably get as much copper as you did in last and you'll probably get as much zinc so that's fine I'm happy with that what else can I say about Meridian no what do I want to see from the company I would like to see um that split the headline and also an acknowledgement that the resource at Cabo Sal doesn't mean that there's a resource yet at Santa Elena they're quite separate things but other than that oh um since this news release came out on the uh where are we on the 23rd of October uh, Bruce McLeod who is the uh, chairman of Sabina Gold that got bought out for 1.2 billion dollars recently um he has joined uh as the chairman of Meridian um which is good. So, um, I would like to see more marketing done. I would like to see Meridian come on to Crux Investor and talk to me a bit more about the project. Um, I would like to see uh, ongoing drilling and on growing, ongoing. ongoing um, you know, just just keep up the good work, really. Um, as I said, I'm a shareholder. I'm down a bit at the moment, um, but onwards and upwards. Um, and there we go. So, that, I think that's it for the week. Um, Look forward to seeing you next week. Thank you very much.